1: and we join him right now with today's message.
2: I want you to take your bibles and open them up to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 23. And I'm preaching today on a subject called In the Valley, in the Valley. A couple of years ago, my wife and I, we started having grandchildren. It's the greatest thing ever how many grandparents we have out here raise your hand oh isn't it the greatest it's the greatest job in the world and i was at hobby lobby which is the greatest store of all time and i saw this sign in hobby lobby it's the rules of a grandpa his job to-do list number one he's got to pick up the grandkids number two his job is to spoil them job number three Give them lots of sugar, and number four, send them back home. Oh, that's a, that's the best job ever, amen? Well, you know, grandparents, you have to have, uh, you, you come up with your own name, what you want your grandkids to call you. So my name, my, grand, my, my grandpa name is Papa Coach. Papa Coach. Let me hear you say that that's me okay because I'm going to coach my grandkids I'm going to train them you know all that stuff I did as my other kids so so my wife now I don't know where she came up with this name okay she's here on the front row you can ask her but she got it in her head she wanted to be called nanny goat (laughs) nanny goat and she hadn't really thought through that because they call her the goat and she doesn't really like being called the goat however you know how kids are we have two we have two boys they're grandsons but we have more on the way oh yeah anyway that's a whole other story but they they end up calling her go-go that's her nickname go-go and she's down here you can call her go-go she'll turn and say yeah whatever you want so uh But she might be the greatest grandparent of all time. But the word GOAT stands for greatest of all what? Time. And in our series here in Psalm chapter 23, we believe, or looking at this, that Psalm chapter 23 might be the greatest chapter of all time. Now, we know the Word of God is all equally great. Amen? But there's something about Psalm chapter 23. And I don't know if you've ever realized the scope and the influence that this Psalm has had throughout the years. This Psalm is sweet to a little child, but it's also perplexing to the scholars. This Psalm has been quoted at both funerals and weddings. This Psalm is read in nursery schools, but it's also read on the battlefield before soldiers go off to war. It is an amazing chapter, and today, in our study, week by week, verse by verse, we come to verse 4, and verse 4 reads, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are what? You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they do what? They comfort me. So, again, it's amazing to me how something that was written 3,000 years ago can be so relevant to what's going on in our world, in our lives here today. There are many angles, but I want to walk you through several noteworthy considerations. Number one in your notes, I hope you write this down. We all walk through that valley. There's not a single person in this room that's not going to walk through that valley. One of the greatest fears that we all have in life is the fear of dying. And I've discovered that people fall into one of two camps. One camp are people who that's all they do is they think about the day they're going to die. And the other camp are those who, who never think about it, who choose to stay busy so they somehow are going to ignore the inevitable but it is inevitable. I grew up in a great state of Kansas and uh, my dad was a pastor there and we had you know we had all kinds of church families that had that lived out in the country and had horses and from time to time we got to go to their house and I remember as a little boy growing up that from time to time I got to ride a horse. Now they were always scary if you're a little boy and you walk up to a A a horse—it's like you've never been around anything that large, that powerful. And one day, I had what's called, what I call, a near-death experience. I got on this horse, and at first, it was kind, it was okay. And all of a sudden, the horse started bucking, and it actually threw me off. And that—that was not the problem. The problem is when I got bucked off, that my foot stayed in the in the stirrup, and my head was hitting on the ground. As that horse was running around, and and, uh, right before I, I I thought I was going to die, and right before I lost consciousness, I was so, so thankful, the Kmart manager came over and unplugged the machine. (laughs) And here I am. how come you're not laughing at that lady it's okay how many of you know of someone who's stubborn raise your hand if you know someone who's just i hope you're not sitting next to him i want you to write this down do you know that death death is a stubborn fact you can ignore it all you want you can deny it all you want you can fight it all you want But Hebrews 9 verse 27 tells us, it is appointed unto man once to die. Every single person, look around this room, every single person in this room has an appointment. You have an appointment with a thing called death. And just because you shove that thought into your subconsciousness does not alleviate The reality that we're all going to die death is a stubborn fact write this down death is an unpredictable fact god has a thousand ways a thousand ways to take us from this life into the next you know what james 4 4 says james 4 4 tells us that life is but a mist you're here for a few seconds and then the bible uses this word you just vanish you know, this last year that uh, our church, that we did all kinds of funerals. In fact, you should know that that's basically one of the things, that's like all the things we ever do is we just do, we do funerals. I mean, we care for the dying. And last year we did a few, and I mean few, uh, death, people who died of COVID. I mean, like a handful and we do funerals every week. Every week we do funerals here at this church. And it wasn't COVID, they died of heart attacks. People died of cancer. Uh, we had a guy on a staff, I showed you his picture. He died uh, on a bicycle about a block from his house. I think he went down to the store to get a Slurpee, and on the way home, he fell and hit his head and died. We had a, our friend, uh, he's a, he's, he was like our handyman. His name's Bill, and he, he climbed up on a ladder. And he's been doing that his whole life. And his wife came out and said, you shouldn't be on a ladder. And he looked down to her and said, I'm okay. And she went inside the house and uh, she just had a bad feeling. Went outside and he was laying on the ground dead. And they don't know if he fell off the ladder, if he had a stroke and then fell. But I mean, people die in, in drowning accidents, car accidents. Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter accident. I mean, I know everybody's worried about COVID, but I'm telling you, there's a thousand ways... And the Bible says that you're here, you're here one second, and the next second you're gone. So death is a stubborn fact. It's an unpredictable fact. Write this down. It's a personal fact. Amen. Ecclesiastes tells us that death is coming for you. It's coming for you. Now, that's why, I hope you're listening the most important thing in your life should be your faith your faith that's what you need to be worried about concerned about spend time uh, managing you know uh, we chase all these other things that start with the letter F we chase food and friends and fame and fortune and fashion and fitness and friendships and things that make us feel good and what you should be pursuing is growing your faith. The psalmist tells us that, we, that all of us are going to walk through this valley. Number two, write this down. Now this is good information. You need to know that the valley is only temporary. The valley is always temporary. The psalmist said, if you pay attention to what he writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It has been said that every one of us in this room, right now, this very second on your watch, this room is full of people that are either just now walking into the valley, or you're actually in the valley, or you're walking out of the valley, but we're all walking through it. Scholars will tell us that the valley of the shadow of death is actually a literal place over in Israel. That over there between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea, there's a spring that flows out of the Mount of Olives. And that spring for centuries has, has flowed down to uh, the Dead Sea, and it has created a chasm that is on some places has walls that are like 1,500 feet deep, And it's very narrow down at the base. And there's always shadows in there, except at 12 o'clock noon. 12 o'clock noon is the only time there's no shadows. But the rest of the day, there's always shadows in that valley. Now, David, who wrote this, is a shepherd by trade. That's what he does. David knows the terrain. And he knows that you have to take the sheep from time to time through that valley of the shadow of death during the different seasons in Israel in order for the sheep to survive because you have winter time you have summer time you have lowlands and highlands and sometimes the sheep have to go from the lowlands to the highlands and sometimes from the highlands to the lowlands and the only way you can move the sheep through those areas is to go through the valley of the shadow of death And the sheep have to go through there in order for their survival. So the valley is only temporary. Now the sheep don't recognize that it's temporary, but the shepherd knows that it's temporary. And that's why he takes them through there. David, the shepherd, knows that the valley is not a dead end. The valley is not a cul-de-sac. The valley is basically a low point between two mountains and he writes yo n- not not yea though i walk down into the valley or over the valley or near the valley or around the valley he says no even though i walk right through the valley i will fear no evil there's no panic there's no fear there's no fretting there's nobody who's scared Notice they're not running, they're just walking through the valley of shadow of death. And there's always someone who's fearful who says, well, I hope, I hope one day out yonder, if I ever have a tough time, and if I ever have to go through that valley, I sure do hope God is with me. I got news for you. Number three, write this down. You're actually in the valley of the shadow of death this very moment. You're there right now. You say, no. Yes. I can prove it to you. I can prove that right now you're in the valley of the shadow of death. This very, you're sitting in it right here, right now. How many of you know in your mind, and I just want you to know and just think about this. How many of you know that this very moment even in church, that you could just drop over dead right here, right now, before this service is over, before we have a chance to sing an invitation for you to come and give your life to Jesus. How many of you know, how many of you know that this could, and that's the key word, could, how many of you know that this could be, it could be your last day on this earth? Raise your hand if you, if you actually realize that this could be your last day. Now look around, raise your hand, look around look at all the people who are acknowledging And I'm telling you, I want you to write this down. You enter the valley of the shadow of death on the day you're born. And you leave this valley on the day you die. And right now you're walking, breathing, listening, sitting, writing, paying attention. Right now in the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I came to give you some good news. How many of you want some good news? Here's the good news. Write this down. There's no need to fear. There's absolutely no need to fear. And I have point A and point B, and they're both critical for you to understand this psalm. And the first point here is this is if you are a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ... You have no reason to fear. Now, if you're not a believer, and you're just someone brought you to church and you're not a Christian, you have all kinds of reasons to be fearful. But if you are a believer, you're saved. You have no reason to be fear. In fact, the valley of death for a believer, a believer... It's not a valley of death. It's only a shadow of the valley of death for a believer. For a, for, a non-believer, for, a, for a non-believer, it is the valley of death. But for a believer, it's not the valley of death. It's only a shadow of the valley of death. And here's point B. This is the good stuff. A shadow can never hurt you. I don't care how dark, how deep, how frightful, how dangerous a shadow may be, a shadow can never hurt you if you're, if you're a Christian, right? I, some of you know this, but about seven, eight years ago, I, I got into cycling, riding a road bike. And... Uh, it, 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 I used to play a lot of basketball. My knees gave out. I can hardly, I can hardly walk. My knees are I just, it's just hard for me to walk. In fact, it's hard for me to even lay down on a bed. My knees hurt so bad. But somehow I get on a bicycle. It doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt my knees. And first day I got on it, I just got addicted to it. Of course, we ride here in Los Angeles. It's like one of the most dangerous things you can do. You have a little bike lane about this wide, and there's all kinds of glass, and there's bolts and, and nails and people throw tacks. We went through a bunch of tacks the other day. And we all had flat tires. We have to come out into the main lane from time to time. And the reason it's dangerous is because of all of you. <laughs> and people throw stuff at us. They yell at us. They flip us off. And, and we're like, you know, when someone's walking, a pedestrian is walking across the street, you, you can't run them over. You, they have the right of way. And the same thing with the cyclists. Just so you know, this is a public announcement. Uh, <laughs> cyclists don't have to stay in that bike lane. They have the right to come out and ride in that lane. And you, by law, have to give them at least three feet. And we have people all the time that come by and just almost try to run us over. And, uh, you know, I I see these people, they have, they're in their car by themselves and have a mask on. And at the same time, they're texting on their phone. They're going to kill me. And stay with me on this, on this story. But a lot of times early in the morning, we get up and ride first thing in the morning. And, uh, whenever we're going towards the West, uh, the sun rises in the East. And because it's a southerly sun that as I'm, as I'm riding West and, you know, we're going, we're going as fast as we can, sometimes 18, 19, 20 miles an hour on a flat road. There's cars that are coming by me like 50, 60 miles an hour. It's very frightening. But because sometimes, it depends on what time of the day it is, if I'm going straight west and that car's going west as well, the sun's rising over here, as that car comes by, that sun hits that car and casts a shadow over into the bike lane. And as I'm riding, I can hear the car coming. I'm praying it doesn't hit me. And all of a sudden, I see the shadow, and the shadow just goes right through me. Another car, another shadow. Another car, another shadow. I'm just being run over by shadows. And I want you to know, I don't, I, the shadow doesn't hurt me. The shadow doesn't scare me. What scares me is that 2,000-pound Vehicle driven with someone texting. But the shadow is a reminder that I am one accident away from death. And ladies and gentlemen, as a child of God, you never need to worry about the shadow. Now, We're just passing through this life. John 11, verse 25, look at these words. He who believes in me will live even though he what? Even though he dies. And look at verse 26. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You either believe that or you don't believe that. We see somebody die and we think, oh, that's the end. No, it's not the end. That person is not, if he's a believer, he's more alive than he's ever been.
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach.
3: It's almost time for Revival 2022. This October 15th through 19th at Porter Ranch Campus. Join Pastor Dudley Rutherford for this special five-day event right here at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. You'll experience electrifying music a powerful time of worship, and relevant and timely preaching that is sure to uplift your soul. The city of Los Angeles needs the message of hope of Jesus Christ now more than ever. Invite your friends, family, and co-workers to this free event where everyone is welcome. Our guests will be best-selling author, CEO, and speaker, Dr. Rick Rigsby. Comedian, author, and speaker, Nazareth. Lead pastor of Mosaic Church, Erwin McManus. Best-selling author, Bob Goff. Miles McPherson, the lead pastor of Rock Church. And J. John, an amazing speaker and author. You'll also enjoy some amazing worship experiences with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Israel Houghton and singer-songwriter Jesse LaBelle, as well as our very own Risen Choir. Don't miss this special five-day event at our Porter Ranch campus, October 15th through 19th. Our address is 19700 Rinaldi Street in Porter Ranch. Join us for Revival 2022 as we worship, learn about, and love on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
1: I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.